gospel that we have today, the road to Emmaus, is one of the well-known appearances of Jesus um, after, after his resurrection. I want to just kind of walk us through this gospel, because there's a lot of meat in it, and I think there's a lot that can apply to us with where we're at right now, um, that, the, that the Lord desires to speak to us in, in this current situation. These two, these two disciples who, who, are, who are leaving, they're leaving Jerusalem, and they're going to Emmaus. Um, there's not really a lot said about them. Um, we know one of them's name is Cleopas. That's what, that's what the scriptures say. But other than that, we don't really know who they are. We don't know what they've done before this point, and we don't really hear anything that they do after this point. They're, just kind of, they're, they're left pretty ambiguous, kind of mysterious. And some of the, the scriptural writers and the fathers will say, that's because that we're intended to put ourselves in their place. Whenever that ambiguous character is there, it's, it's particularly ambiguous because we're supposed to see ourselves in that scene. And so imagine we're these disciples. We've been following Jesus um, for however days, weeks, months, however long we, they, they may have been following the Lord, but enough so that they really believed that he was the one. And over the last three days, all of our hopes and dreams and all the things that we thought were going to happen were smashed to pieces. The one who we thought was going to be the one who, to liberate Israel. We thought this would be the one to finally bring us the redemption that we've been longing for. But he came in triumphantly, and everything was looking good. But then he got arrested. And then he was, he was scourged. And then they gave him a cross, and they made him walk outside of the city. They crucified him, and he died, and they buried him. And now, I mean, it's been three days, and, and we're just, we're headed back home, because all the things that we thought would happen aren't happening. We're in a spot where we don't really know what to do. It doesn't seem like all the things that we thought would happen, were, were, they're, they're not happening. God doesn't seem to be doing anything, so I guess we're just going to go back home. We're just going to go back to what we were doing. And in that situation, in that particular sadness, in that darkness, in that confusion, Jesus comes. Jesus comes and asks them a question. What are, you, what are you talking about? They didn't recognize that it was Jesus, though. They didn't see it. And, 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 and they say, are you the only one who doesn't know what went on in Jerusalem these last couple days? Which is ironic, because he is actually the only one who knows what happened in Jerusalem. And Jesus asked a question that, that stuck out to me. There's a, there's a professor at the seminary. Who, uh, who has a particular love for the story of the road to Emmaus. And there's, some, there's a question that he highlights every time that we talk about it. And it's something that stuck out to me honestly. And Jesus has a very simple question. What things? What things are you talking about? Jesus has this authentic desire to hear what's going on in the hearts of, the, of these disciples. So he asks the question, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? What things have happened? And that begins a dialogue. The people telling, the two disciples telling Jesus about this pain in their hearts, how they thought that this would be, all this would happen, and, and, and it seems to have been dashed. God isn't here. What's going on? And Jesus knew all these things. Jesus knew what was going on in their hearts. It's not like he learned anything new. But he invited them to enter into a dialogue with him so that they could express what's going on in their own hearts. So that he could respond to it. And so they get into this dialogue. And Jesus, he says, you can kind of read it sounding a little bit of a derogatory comment, but I don't think it was that. I think it was more of an invitation. 
Don't you believe all that the prophets have spoken? Wasn't it necessary that all of these things were supposed to happen? He points them to the scriptures, to the laws, to the prophets that point to all these things that would happen. And then it says, beginning with Moses and the prophets, he interpreted to them all that the scriptures were, were saying about what was, what was going on. He, after this dialogue, they shared their hearts with Jesus. He pointed them to, to the word of God so that the word of God could speak truth into what was going on in their own hearts. And we see that as Jesus did this, as they dove into the scriptures, as they allowed the word of God to speak to them, their hearts were on fire. Their hearts were burning within them. And even though their hearts were burning, they still didn't, they still didn't recognize Jesus. Going into the scriptures, it, it provided a lot, and it showed them a lot, and it set their hearts ablaze, but they didn't recognize Jesus until later. And when Jesus looked like he was going on, and they said, no, 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 we have to stay, we have to keep going deeper and deeper. We still have, to, we still have more to talk about. And it was when Jesus did a very familiar act. He took the bread, blessed it, broke it, and gave it to them. And when he did that, their eyes were opened, and they saw the reality. They saw Jesus Christ risen from the dead. In this act of taking, blessing, breaking, and giving bread, they saw Jesus. They entered into a communion with him, one that, that couldn't have otherwise existed except in that very moment. And I think this, this process that these disciples go through is something that we have to continually go through every single day, no matter what's going on. No matter if it's good, bad, confusing, anxious, whatever it is, worldwide pandemic, this is the process that we go through. We're in a situation, and we don't see Jesus there. How can the Lord be in this? God, where are you? I'm struggling with X, Y, or Z. I'm missing this. I long for this. Whatever the situation is in our life, and we long to see the Lord there. We don't think he's there, but he actually is. We just don't recognize him like these disciples. Jesus is there, and he's longing to enter into this conversation to us. He's asking us this question, what are you talking about? What things do you, are, are, are in your heart? I want to hear about them. I want to share in that with you. Jesus is longing for each one of us to enter into that dialogue with him within our hearts, wherever we're at. He wants to hear honestly and authentically what's going on. He doesn't want to hear about what we're supposed to feel like, the things that we're supposed to tell him, the proper responses that we're supposed to tell God. He wants to hear what's going on in our hearts right now. And as we express those things to him, as we enter into that dialogue with him, he points us to the scriptures. He, we, we read the word that isn't just this book that was locked away. It, it, it's, a live, it's living and effective. The verse that we heard that, that Deacon Daniel chanted before the Alleluia, Lord, open the scriptures to us right now. That's what happens every time we read. The, that, that should be our prayer. Every time we read the scriptures. That after we enter into this dialogue with Jesus... We then allow his word to speak to our hearts and to speak to us. And from that word, from that dialogue, comes a very real communion. 
fully expressed in the sacrament of the Eucharist that we celebrate today, although in a different way, and I, I can't pretend like that, that it's okay. We long for the day when we can receive this full communion with Jesus sacramentally that, that these disciples received. But in this time when we can't, that spiritual communion never ceases to exist. That spiritual communion is still very real. And although it's not the fullness of what, what our hearts are longing for, it doesn't mean that we're cut off from God or that God is absent. And from that communion, and from that spot of really encountering Jesus after having expressed ourselves to him, having allowed him to speak to our hearts directly and through the scriptures, and entering into that communion, a very real transformation takes place. These disciples, who had, they were going back home. They had given up hope. I guess this wasn't, the, this, this wasn't what we thought. They went back to Jerusalem, renewed and transformed, and they said, look at what happened. That transformation is a result of this real walking with the Lord. This walking with this discipleship of Jesus. We see that in Peter in the first reading. Peter, who time and time again put his foot in his mouth, who Jesus called Satan, who denied the Lord three times, who ran away, left him. He wasn't even at the foot of the cross. This Peter, who had done everything imaginable, probably against Jesus, encountered him, allowed himself to be encountered, and was transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit to be this great man who's proclaiming all these words, and the people are listening to his words, and that, that witness, that authentic encounter with the Lord, brings the desire to come into an encounter with Jesus. That transformation is a result of this encounter with the Lord. That's what we are all working towards in our life right now, a very particular transformation. God desires to speak something very important and very particular to each one of our hearts at this time, today. It's so easy to miss it. If these disciples had not entered into a conversation with Jesus, they would have went home. They may not have even recognized. If, they, if Jesus said, what are you talking about? And they just kind of blew him off, they would have missed it. They would have missed the transformation that the Lord has for them. I think the invitation for us is that this opportunity for transformation is still here, and it's still very real. It's so easy to miss Jesus' presence, especially when his presence isn't like what we think it should be like. It's so easy to miss it. Brothers and sisters, don't miss Jesus' presence right here, right now. Don't miss the grace that he's walking to offer to you. He's asking that question, what are you talking about? What's going on in your heart? What things are there? Tell me about them. By entering into that dialogue with the Lord, by entering into that true encounter, that true communion, our hearts are set on fire. And that transformation begins and continues every single day to the rest of our life. Honor with Jesus to give ourselves totally to that transformation so that we may be united with him today and every single day. Amen.